Hey, hey, hey! How's it going, guys? Welcome back to Rant Room. I haven't done an episode in a couple of days because I've just been... Well, I've been really busy. I've been driving a lot because I went to see my cousin who lives like four hours away from me. So I thought I'd record this while I'm sat in a service station after demolishing the biggest Mackies of my life. Wow, oh my god, I'm so full that I don't even think I can drive. Well, I'm so full that... Well, my jeans were already unbuttoned from lunch and then I had to go into the service station just now and change into leggings because honestly my belly barely fits behind the steering wheel right now or maybe i'm just getting fat no it's not bad um i'm gonna blame it on pms that's what i'm gonna do anyway i wanted to talk to you guys about um about a subject that is pretty it's probably gonna be pretty triggering for some people so i'm gonna put a little disclaimer at that at the start just to say it does include uh, quite a few references to um, mental health, uh, self-harm in any kind of form or habit, depression, anxiety, uh, but it's mainly about self-harm, so I just um, just wanted to make you guys aware of that. So, yeah. Um, yep, yeah, so this is what... So that's just basically... Just that cheeky disclaimer for you there. Um, so yes, here we go. So basically, I might have touched on this in my previous podcasts, but um, by the way, if you can hear a tapping sound on the windscreen, that is the rain beating down on my little car, which is, you know, just it's it's, it's not much fun, but you know, it'll be fine. So I don't. I might have talked to you guys about this in my podcast before. But um, basically, I have touched on self-harm and what it, what it means to self-harm and the types of self-harm there are. So, it is, it is like, and it's something I have personally struggled with. I know a lot of people who have personally struggled with it as well. Um, there are a lot of different ways of doing it. A lot of people think that, it, uh, that people, a, a few years ago, it was sort of considered that it was only self-harm if you used a uh, razor and all that and and uh, and things like that that's that's what that's what they used to tell us like i had somebody tell me once oh it doesn't count if you don't use a razor and that was just like the most fucked up thing i'd ever heard you know like seriously like are you actually t- telling me this right now and it was like i knew that what i was doing to myself was wrong even though it wasn't that um it was it was it was other things completely but it was still a form of self-harm self-harm is essentially it's it's a form of physically or mentally going out of your way to to hurt yourself or harm yourself in any way that could be anything that could be that could be through like drugs sex alcohol that that is a form of self-harm if it's used inappropriately if it's used uh, like directly by you to harm yourself then like yeah that is that is pretty that that is a form of self-harm and also we've got things like kicking yourself punching yourself uh scraping things like that there's a lot of methods that people use and it's there isn't just one it's probably one of the most uh stigmatized parts of mental health awareness although i i'd like to think and there is some evidence to support this in cases but i i still do think it's quite stigmatized I think it is changing, but it is taking time, and it's still got a long way to go, I would say. So, uh, when strangers see physical evidence, scars or marks that are potentially a result of, the self- of self-harming, 
it is very easy to judge especially if they've never necessarily been there themselves and the thing is you can't just assume that somebody's never been there themselves because you don't know this is what I'm this is what I'm starting to learn about people you don't know what other people have been through so you can't say you you can't tell somebody that they don't understand because they they prob they might not they might not understand your specific situation it's rare that someone does but like like I said it happens in all ways and different methods but it is easy to judge if somebody has never self-harmed themselves and never or never thought about it or never you know had, had an experience with it you know so I spoke to somebody quite quite recently maybe a couple of months ago and she told me that in some interview processes they kind of very um what's the word surreptitiously uh like so kind of like covertly you know didn't didn't really make a big deal out of it um like didn't they they did, they made it very discreet what they did oh i'm just using all these big words and i don't i don't even know if they mean what i'm trying to say but um they checked the interview candidates arms during the in during when the interview was taking place for evidence of self-harm scars so i understand right that people are obviously they've got to think about their workforce they've got to think about their business they have to think whether they are employing the right people who are going to do the job properly and who are properly employed to do it however I do still think that this is quite disturbing. Like, do you not? Do you not think that? I mean, I know that it's it's a natural part. I guess it's a natural part of being a manage in a manager role, but especially when you are looking for new staff, and obviously you you do have to check these things depending on the job role as well. But I think when people are discriminated against for um, for self harming, like, it is it is difficult? It's difficult to differentiate, definitely, because it can easily. Although it might not be meant as discrimination, it can easily be taken as discrimination. So it, it's difficult. It's a really, really difficult situation. I want to talk to more people about that because it is really interesting to see how people perceive self-harm. Because a lot of people perceive it as uh, mental instability and, and shit like that as opposed to, you know, actually somebody's genuinely struggling with stuff, you know? So I think it takes a lot of emotional pain for somebody to to even think about lifting a blade to the surface of the skin or scraping themselves or punching themselves or punching walls until their knuckles are bleeding self-harm isn't just physical either that is a very common misinterpretation of the whole thing we only hear about the physical side a lot of the time but self-harm also comes in the form of being unkind to yourself uh like like just being mean to yourself and how you speak to yourself and just treating yourself badly you know lack of self-care and so on um but we are, who are we to judge someone's pain when we know nothing about it? Everybody is fighting their own battle in their own way. And I know this is thrown around a lot. And usually I see it, I see this most of the time thrown around by bitches who don't know the meaning. But really, it doesn't take much. Just be kind to people. Just be kind and just, you know, kind of, just, just everybody, you don't know what everyone's going through. The person who, I, I'm, I'm notorious for this, like I, um, like, someone got up my ass on the motorway earlier so um and then like undertook me so i i may or may not have um have flashed my lights at them and and sworn at them not not with a physical gesture but you know just just to myself um and obviously that wasn't a very nice thing to do i can get quite angry when i'm driving but the thing is i don't know what kind of day that that woman or man was having they might have just been being an arsehole but i don't know so, you know, 
Um, you ha- I, I sh- I'm not saying don't curse at people when you're driving. I would be the most hypocritical person ever to say that. Because during this car journey, oh my god, I don't know how many times I've done it. I just, it's, it's bad. <laughs> um, but another misconception of, of self-harm is that over time, and, and the, uh, that is, that is so, that is like, and the media representation that, uh, that has happened over this period of time, it's become classed as a form of teenage angst by judging eyes. And yeah, okay, a lot of teenagers suffering, suffering with their mental health do self-harm. Um, I think it's something like 10% of young people. Um, I can't remember what age bracket it is, but I'm guessing 16 to 25, possibly, because that's usually the the young person age bracket. Not that if you're if you're 26 or over, you're old, by the way. Uh, I'm not far off that myself, so I'm not gonna come at you for being old, apparently. Um, but so do people younger, and so do people older than that. Self harm does not come with an age range attached to it. Like, oh, if you're if you're this old, you're not supposed to self harm anymore because that's bullshit. I heard someone tell me once, in all seriousness, that. Actually, uh, this girl said to me, you clearly don't cut that deep, so it must be for attention. And I, and if I'd had, a cu- uh, and if I'd had balls back then, and if I'd had confidence, I'm um, like, I do now, I would have just told this girl to stick it and mind her own business and something like, you know, why don't you focus on your own life instead of judging me and, you know, just, just be kind. You don't know what's going on in my life. I don't know what's going on in your life. So do one, you know, um, but it's not. I was thinking, like, how can you decide that without knowing anything about me, knowing the situation, or, or seeing my whole body? Just because scars aren't on our arms, or even on our bodies, doesn't mean they're, they're not present. Like, how do you know? Have, have you seen, like, every fucking nook and cranny of my body? No, no, you haven't. Um, but if you are hurting enough to physically or emotionally harm yourself, that is not attention-seeking. That is being low enough to actually want to harm yourself, oh fuck, the rain's getting worse, I really don't want to go anywhere for a little while, um, it's, it's being low enough to want to harm yourself, and you're considering it an actual adequate, adequate way to cope, and I'm not judging you for that, because it's, I know how, I know firsthand how horrible it, what it is to be doing that, I've been on and off doing stuff like that since I was nine or ten, so I understand, like, exactly how difficult it is, and, and, you know, at the time I was so young, I didn't even realise that was self-harm. I didn't realise it was self-harm because people always said that self-harm was just one thing and one act only, like I just like I just mentioned earlier. So I didn't realise what I was actually doing, what I had actually been doing all this time, um, had been self-harm probably until I was about 17 or 18. And so by then I'd been doing it nearly on and off for nearly 10 years. So that is something to be concerned about, not to be ridiculed, even if it's not as apparently severe as somebody else's case there's no comparison with this shit everyone's different and it doesn't have to be visible either like i said 10 percent of young people do self-harm on a regular basis it and it can really really quickly become a coping strategy for declining mental health or something that is returned to occasionally in times of difficulty it's like for example i um i was clean for about uh, so i used to from when I was a kid, it was mainly started like with me hitting myself a lot and scratching myself. Um, that then, when I got to about 14, 15, it progressed to cutting. I would, I would eat, and a couple of times I would try, I would overeat, and a couple of times I'd try to make myself sick. 
but then I got I did it a couple of times and then I just got scared of being sick I have this phobia of being sick even now I don't know if it stems from that or what but I, I well generally people people don't like to vomit do they but you know generally um that that probably intensified it a bit more so things like that and um also yeah just just a lot of it was to do with like scraping myself or punching myself and even like things like that things that I've already mentioned you know and and um I was then actually uh I stopped in my second year of uni um I don't know what happened but I remember I got back from a from an from a evening out at the pub with my friends and I just remember feeling totally crap I don't even know why what made me feel so crap I just felt completely low and I just remember hating everything about myself and I used to have when I was like 19 or 20 I used to have lots of pictures up on the wall um in in all of my student houses and I remember just being so upset and just taking them all down and like I was I was self-harming and that was the last time I did it for a while I I then um I then got a bit better in myself mentally um you know I settled in I settled into myself a bit and for a while for nearly two years and this is this is including like what's one of the most difficult periods of my life you know like uh I've spoken before about the experience I had last year um with my uh, termination and that was the most difficult thing I've had to do but even then for some reason I didn't stop in fact I didn't uh, I didn't I didn't start again sorry I didn't start again until I'd love to tell you that I I've stayed clean since 2018 but the truth is I haven't because in May um I actually I actually broke that and I relapsed and uh, at the time it was we were in lockdown I was really struggling to live with my mum uh we were arguing all the time there was building work going on my cat had just been who we'd have for two we'd had for 12 years childhood pet he'd just been hit by a car and died really suddenly and there was a lot going on in my head and I was I was really very confused there was somebody I really liked but I uh I didn't want to um I I didn't feel mentally emotionally ready to commit to a relationship with him because and I just kept screwing things up for myself so and I guess it was all of that and it was you know the fact that I had I've spoken about Covid before and the impact it had on me and how it changed things for me and how it probably changed things for a lot of us but um it was a massive drop for me because I'd gotten used to living in Leicester working two jobs being really independent driving myself around going to the gym cooking and living in my own place and then suddenly that was all kind of taken away from me and all I had was like my car and yeah like that was it it was suddenly like like literally I was back home with nothing with exactly as I had been four years ago but just with my car like that that was all and then like I literally like I, I literally have like zero pounds zero zero for petrol um at that point as well so it was it was really difficult so at that point I did relapse and I relapsed not just once I, I relapsed a couple of times uh leading up until July I think it, it happened fairly frequently um and I just think like and one thing I do want to say if you if you found yourself in the same situation and you've just relapsed after uh however long of being clean even if it was like a like a week or a few days or like or a year or 10 years or whatever I just want you to know that 
don't feel bad for relapsing. So many people beat themselves up over relapsing. I did because I was like, I'm so, I felt so weak and I felt so ashamed of myself. But I was like, you know, actually, I, I, I don't think, I, I think being strong is having the, the courage to pick yourself up after that and try to carry on as best as you can. It's not, I'm not telling you it's the best way of coping, but if you happen to slip up, don't beat yourself up over it because it's, it, it's, it's not, I'm not, it, it's, it's understandable especially in the situation we're all in you know this has been so stressful for so many of us and you know if we are humans at the end of the day you know we can't we can't control every little part of us it's really it's really hard to do something like that isn't it so i mean huh why is there okay it's driven past me i thought there was a police van stopping next to me that would have been fun um, probably getting himself a Mackie's, to be fair. But, you know, I, I just want to say, if you, if you have struggled yourself personally with that, I just want to say that you, you are not alone, and please don't beat yourself up over it, because you have literally just done nothing wrong. And don't let anyone else beat you up over it either. Because it happens. It happens, it does. So I don't want you to think that, oh, now I've done it, I might as well just carry on doing it. I'm not telling you not to do it, because I know sometimes it feels like it's the only way out. It's not, though. If you feel like doing it, just speak to someone, like, or just, or, like, I know that sometimes nothing will, nothing will stop it. Oh, hello, there's an incident support unit here. That can't be good. Hmm. Shit, then. (laughs) So, there's a number of, you know, differing reasons for self-harming. Here's a list of the most common triggers behind the act, though. So, transitions, like like me, you might have moved from one place to another. Uh, problems at home, uh, with your family, with, your, with anyone you live with, really. You just might not feel settled where you live. And where you live, you might not think it, even if you don't spend a lot of time there. But it's got a lot to say for itself. You, you come home to this place, you know, you, you go to sleep there. It's like... It does mean something, and it does mean something if you're not happy there. So that's understandable. So problems with friends or with significant others, even if they're not quite a significant other, or you're just, like, confused about them, that can easily contribute. So educational stress, workplace stress, financial stress. Um, bullying, being bullied, you know, like, people who won't admit that they're bullies but are bullies. Paranoia, mental health disorders like depression, anxiety, BPD. Um, and low self-esteem and lack of self-confidence. There are a lot more. There are a hell of a lot more that I could list for you right now. But these are like the ones that these are the ones that stand out to me. These are the ones that stand out to me. And the reasons behind these episodes of self self-harm are completely understandable. But what I do want you to know: if you have relapsed, don't feel bad about it and don't beat yourself off, off about it. But, but. It is not, you need to understand, um, and this is like coming from the, like, I'm not trying to patronise you or anything, because I hate being patronised, I can't stand it, but I'm just saying, just like, you know, just, just, just make yourself aware that it's, it's not a healthy long-term coping mechanism. I know it provides a smaller amount of temporary relief straight after, and it is, and it is hard to, um, it is hard to approach, it's really difficult to approach. But self-harm should and could be talked about more in order to help uh, and in order to decrease the stigma around it, help people improve their mental well-being. 
the more it's talked about, the more people are gonna, the more people are gonna, um, the more people are gonna share their experiences with, with others, and the more that people, more people are gonna be feel comforted by the amount of people it happens to, and the less lonely people are gonna feel. That is really important. That you're not alone, and I know everybody says that. It's the first thing you hear when you've got a mental health problem, or you've got, or you've got an issue. You're not alone, but sometimes you feel alone, and and although you people say you're not you might feel it and the way that the only way that's going to end is if people share their experiences and share and share what they've been through like not necessarily what they've been through I'm not telling you you need to tell me your life story or whatever but instead of um instead of just instead of hiding away from it because that's not going to help any of you being ashamed of what what what's happened isn't 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 the way to go you know it's and I'm not going to say to stop doing that because only you know your own pain. Only you know how to cope with it. All I'm saying is, I, I understand how it works because I've been there. Um, sometimes, very recently, I, w- I was there myself. So it's it. But I know from experience, it isn't a healthy long-term coping mechanism. And the more I t- the more I talk about it, the more secure I feel in myself, and the, the more equipped I feel to deal with it and move move forward from it. And it doesn't mean that I'm going to make myself a promise that I will never ever self-harm again. Because I don't know that. I don't know the future. I, I don't I don't know what's going to happen to me years uh, years down the line. But I like I like to think that I am in a place now where I wouldn't do that. Um, there are... I, I came across this post that has some alternatives for self-harm. It was on Instagram, but I don't know... Uh, well, I don't know if I found it on Instagram or if I found it on Google. But... I don't know whose place this is. I'm gonna give whoever it is credit for it. I don't know who. I don't know who made it, but it is. It's not mine. So, uh, don't. So if you try any of these, they are not. They are like. Uh, they are not my reasons, but they are also good. And I've saved this picture on my phone because whenever I feel low and I feel like I what I might want to self harm or do something bad to myself. Um, then I look at this list, and it's called Alternatives for Self-Harm. So, so scribble on photos of people and magazines. But So what I'm going to do, though, I'm going to give you a couple of alternatives that you could use as well. So instead of scribbling on photos of people, uh, photos of people in magazines, why don't you, uh, this might be a bit petty and it might be a bit bitchy, but I don't know, sometimes it helps with unresolved anger. Why don't you scribble on a photo of someone you don't like, even if it's like a, or, or even if it's like a, or someone's pissed you off, or someone who, you know, you're angry with, because it helps, it's not like you're punching them in the face or anything, or like stabbing them, which wouldn't be very good, would it, but like, I mean, if you're scribbling on them, sometimes it does give you a sense of relief, in a way, so, you know, I'm, I'm not saying, I'm not saying go and scribble on like all of your mum's photo albums, if that's, if the person you're looking to do that to is in your mum's photo albums, but I'm saying, you know, maybe just scribble on a, a scribble on it on your phone editing app, picture editing app or whatever or you know take a copy or you know scribble on the picture I'm, I'm just saying do what makes you happy tear apart newspapers photos or magazines that is a good one so go to the gym dance or exercise go for a run like dance around dance around your room to like your favorite music you know shit like that um write all the things you failed at on your on uh, on a piece of paper and then uh chuck it onto a bonfire just literally yeet it onto the bonfire or, or rip it up and throw it out the window 
Um, slash an empty plastic soda bottle. Uh, well, you can tell this is an American person who wrote this because I would say a plastic bottle of fizzy drink. So, and I'm English, so I mean, um, or a piece of heavy heavy cardboard. I've never tried that before. Obviously, little disclaimer there: be careful with the knife. Uh, break sticks. Uh, run your hands under some freezing cold water. Uh, snap a rubber band or hairband against your wrist. I I um I've done that with a lot of things actually. Uh, that's one of my that's one of my most used coping mechanisms, and honestly, it does work. Because those some of especially those thin fucking hairbands or the rubber bands, man, they kill like a son of a bitch. So if you if you need to do something like that, fucking use that. You know, it does help. Uh, clap your hands until it stings. Uh, another one is flat, splash your face with cold water. Um, have a hot shower or a bath. So, uh, write something or paint something. And so, another one here. I never knew this one, but apparently it's to do with numbing sensation. So, uh, so getting a getting a bath that has ice cubes in. So, um, and then bite into a hot pepper. I would only recommend this if you can handle your chilli, and I cannot, so I won't be trying that one. But, you know, to anyone who can hack the chilli, yeah, go for that one. Um, so, count things, like count, count lines on the road, not when you're driving, that's probably not a good idea. Uh, but count, like, um, count lines whenever you... Or stones on beach or something like just count something that that seems to have so many so many of them there do you know what i mean i don't know how to phrase that properly um english graduate ladies and gentlemen that is me apparently um listen to music your favorite music um doodle on anything like a fucking receipt or a notebook or back of your hand uh so learn to swear in another language that is a really good one and honestly it's great because if you if you swear in a language that not a lot of people know then you can swear at people in that language and they piss you off it was like uh when i used to work and nobody uh, nobody was mauritian at my old work and i learned to swear in korea when i was about 17 and honestly whenever anybody would piss me off at work I would make, I would say, like, the worst words to them. Now, this is my old job in Leicester. And I would curse them out. And they wouldn't even know I was cursing them. It's fucking brilliant. Um, so go outside and just watch the clouds. Um, tidy up your room. Or tidy, or just organise something. Tidy up your car. I could do with doing both of those things. Um, buy a cuddly toy. Now... I wouldn't recommend that you buy one that costs £36 from from set. That's what I did. But I do have a, I do have a cuddly toy octopus now. And he is my favourite thing ever. Like, sometimes when I'm sad and, I, and, I, and I'm crying in my depression-ness, I, I do have a cuddle with my, with my, with my octopus. And honestly, it, it's not like, it's not like one of those really weird octopuses. It's a fluffy one as well. So it's, it's great. Uh, don't ask me why I spent always 40 quid on it. I don't make good decisions. Um, uh, so, wander through a bookstore and look at, and just look at random books. Anything. Just spend ages looking through a bookstore. 
So what's your favourite show or your or your favourite film? Um, so, like, write down some of your happiest moments or just sort of, like, play them in your head and think about, think about the things that you want to happen, like, what are your dreams? Think about you achieving your dreams, or if you have already achieved them, think about when you did. Replay that. Um, so look at memes, and this is a really good one, actually. Allow yourself to cry. Uh, meditation and mindfulness. I still need to really try that, actually. I want to do it. I just, I can, I never seem to remember to do it. I do need to make time for it, because it does look really good. And uh, sometimes uh, another one they've written down is to create a sp- safe space and... Um, and just stay there for a while on your own and just you know my safe space honestly is my it's my car like I feel like my car is just like the one place where I where it is it's mine like it's it's mine and it's there's a shithole you know there's a there's a freezer in the back that I've got to take to uni with me in a couple of weeks and you know I mean it's got a couple of of dents and scratches but then again so do I so you know it's and it's messy like me um and it's got a big booty it's a Volkswagen up so also like me um so yeah and and it's slow also me um but you know it's it's my car and and I and I like it you know it's 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 nice to have that space and honestly I've turned into my little mobile depression nest um what else do they have light candles uh another one which is very important remember you don't need to hurt yourself uh just because you're thinking about self-harm i know that intensifies the the want and the need to do it but you don't you don't necessarily have to just remember that you don't just because you're thinking about it doesn't mean oh my god i've got to do it now because i thought about it um and have this um and you know you could also you could also just say to yourself i i don't need to hurt myself i don't deserve to be hurt i don't deserve to be injured or anything like that and those okay those reasons are not mine i've kind of embellished on them a little bit some of mine some of them but like they are honestly this list i will put a link up to it in the uh, or, or I'll post, I think, can you post screenshots of stuff? I don't know where I found it, but I wish I'd found the link. They, I would love to credit the person who wrote this, but unfortunately they don't have, they, they, they haven't actually got their Instagram, uh, handle on here, so I don't actually know who wrote this, it's not an anonymous thing. So I would just like to point out, not taking credit for their work, I just, it was really inspirational, these words, and I wanted to share them with you all. But I hope those, I hope that helps you a little bit. I hope that me talking about this stuff has, you know, maybe sort of, has sort of helped you, um, helps you if you're dealing with that or know somebody who is dealing with that a bit. And, um, yeah, I am going to have to clean my mirrors and dry them home because I can't, I can't see anything out of those fuckers. So it's going to be fun. Okay, um, it's been nice talking to you guys, even though I'm not actually talking to you. And I hope that you have a nice day. Talk to you later. Bye.